Me podcast show. I'm your mom host, Kay, and I'm so happy to have you here. If you are a mom or a soon-to-be one and you want to learn more about topics that are relevant and valuable for us mothers, then welcome and you're definitely in for AIM Amazing Learning. Good day, everyone. Welcome to our second episode of the Mom Academy podcast. If it's your first time to listen, just so you know, we have very recently launched our podcast channel. Well, why? Because we want to be able to share this amazing learning to our fellow moms nationwide. So whether you're from Manila or you're from another part of the Philippines, this podcast is definitely for you. So today on the show, we will be joined by a, a dear fellow mom. I've met her online and then a couple of weeks back, finally face-to-face. Right, Lee? We met face-to-face already. Yep. Hello. Yep. So she's done a workshop with us for Mother's Day and today she'll be sharing with us her ex- expertise on play-based learning. This one, this topic is very interesting for me because as you might know, for some of you, I have a toddler who likes to play a lot. But at the, at the same time, as a mother, you want to be sure right, that she does it at least um, what she does is helpful for her learning and development. Mm-hmm. So, Lee Wai, or Mommy Lee Wai, is a parent-teacher coach, and she's the mom behind Present Parenting Solutions. I-, I think she'd be able to tell us more about herself. So, yeah, welcome on the podcast show, Lee. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kay. So, hello, moms all over the world. And <laughs> happy, to, happy to be here talking about what I love doing. Thank you for saying mm-hmm. yes to this. Okay, great. Thank you. Actually, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm Lee. Just call me Lee. I'm a parent-teacher trainer. My practice involves children and families, as well as children with special needs and, mm-hmm. of course, educators. And then I've been working over 10 years around wow. Asia and the USA. So last year, lang I started the Present Parenting Solutions. So it's, it's a project that aims to help strengthen relationships within families. And mm-hmm. this is how we do it. We offer research-backed solutions. Uh, and then you get to choose what will work best for the family. We usually okay. deal with parenting issues that arise from feeding to playing to learning. Actually, a lot behavioral. So there. That's all it is about me. So exactly, what does a parent-teacher coach do? Okay, you either get to be invited, and you know, in resource speaking services, you do uh, you do talks. Workshops. Basically, you share your passion. Yes, you do workshops. You do seminars. You share your love for for raising children, mm-hmm. and then. Um, well, if it's a workshop, you actually walk them and how to, you know, uh, be better at what they're doing. Right. So what was the inspiration for starting this Present Parenting Solutions as an online platform? Because I, I remember you saying that Present, Present Parenting Solutions just started this year? Last year. Last year. Yeah. So what was your inspiration in starting this? Okay, so... Over 10 years of my practice, I saw different kinds of kids from all walks of life, from different economic backgrounds. And I saw very clearly you know, they're really happy kids. 
And all of those happy kids come from well-meaning families, well-meaning parents who only have the best intentions. But there are, there are cases when the children, you know, they, they have a hard time coping. They have a hard time self-managing and it affects how they learn. And because I, I, I've been a teacher, I see how, you know, one day they cope really well and then the, the next semester they go down as in they need help and the the bad part is they cannot ask they don't know how to ask for it so i've been talking with with parents and and there i understood how and what it is that children need and what parents need for them to raise really successful children so that is mainly my inspiration and of course um i have a three-year-old boy who is yes teaching me a lot teaching me a lot and experience and actually, so, yeah. that's a very good initiative because for a first-time parent, no, sometimes there are things that you don't have answers for. Super. And yeah. the parent-teacher coach is would come in handy at some at some scenarios in your motherhood journey, right? Right. So right. what so what common scenarios do you usually are you well? And so far as you've and so far as a first year that you've been doing this whole present parenting solutions platform and your consultancy and your speakership what common problems or issues do you have you encountered so far okay last quarter of last year i have had a lot of consultations regarding feeding and the the problem the problem the main the main culprit is uh, the children are using gadgets oh yeah, they cannot. They cannot seem to eat. They don't. It's either they don't want to eat or they don't want to try new foods. So I had to enter the site and observe, and then see what it's really causing. If it's sensorial, you know, if they have issues with the textures of the food, mm-hmm. or maybe the routine. Um, you know, you need to strengthen the routine, or you know, just uh, the, the the very basic, which is the where the parents need, um, what do you call this? You know, pr- proper prompting and addressing and responding how, uh, responding how to you know feed, and not make eating as if it's a stressful time yes. of the day. I think it's really a common problem, Noli, that a lot of parents are encountering, especially when they've transitioned to complementary. When they started transitioning to complementary feeding, mm-hmm. and when Super. they start. They, they reach first year, like one year old onwards. They become mm-hmm. picky eaters. They become distracted. Yeah. Yes, and they begin to voice out more, more. <laughs> because, yeah, they're just covering their voice and they can say. I know. They can play with force and they can even throw the food and, right. and you know, put everything to waste. So, so these are topics that you can come in, where you can come in, right? Right. Anything to do with behavior, behavior modification, or you know, assessing if it's behavioral or if it's a skill building, then I come in and teach the parent or the teacher how to do next. Okay. So as a mother yourself, how is how is the experience so far? I mean, how is it to you as a as someone who also has a toddler? Okay. Honestly, I use that iPad to feed, 
to make my life easier. <laughs> I, I before I had prop, uh, proper training with about all these um, parenting things, I would sit with the iPad just so he just so my son can sit down and and eat. And I was worried because he was not gaining much weight. Yeah. And you know, we we get to be so worried since we're new parents. Correct. Little things we get to be so worried. So you will do anything and everything. But it, it made me realize that you actually don't need an iPad. <laughs> Even if the first, uh, the beginnings would be, you know, um, tug of war and crying. And so, but you actually don't need it. You just have to, to train it. And then you have to keep calm and believe you're in charge. Set a routine for it. Nako, I'm so guilty about iPad use because I think for, for the most part, we treat it like a lot of us or most of us, we treat like, we treat iPads or gadgets like the cheapest yaya or nanny, <laughs> diba? High-tech nanny. High-tech yeah. nanny, diba? So, caretakers, caregivers of, of, of these kids without even realizing how much impact these gadgets are causing to them. Yes, because apparently it's harder for us to deal with young, young, when they start the tantrums, it's harder. So you just, you know, you have the easy option, which is the iPad. True. And it's always handy for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Especially anyway. When you're yeah. eating out. That's Correct. It. It's, it's very true. So um, we'll now move forward to... I think you're, you're set, you're, we're supposed to give them three tips mm-hmm. about play-based learning. Can you, can you briefly tell us about what play-based learning is all about? Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, play-based learning is, a, what do you call it, a thought or a practice where, wherein children learn through play. And there's no other way than play. Mm-hmm. The children learn best. Uh-huh. Uh, they use all their senses. They use all their senses so they can explore the world around them. And as they're growing, everything seems so new. Everything is, you know, their first hand, first time experience. So we get to develop their knowledge through play. All senses are active. No? Yes. Pero just to clarify. This playing is doesn't have to do at all with gadgets. TV, iPad, is it? Yes, yes you can actually. Or does it count? It, it counts. It counts. So basically, the nature of play is something that is engaging. Okay, when we when we say iPad and game, that is play. But when we sit the child in front of the screen. Without any interaction, that's not play anymore. Oh, that's parang one-way um, one interaction. Way. Well, not, mm-hmm. there's, there isn't any interaction na eh, even. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm, I'm really excited because Una, my toddler girl, is into a lot of things. Like when she wakes up, play agad. When, she, mm-hmm. when I'm cooking... Just I just leave her and give her stuff. But then, there are times that you just feed them with a lot of toys, diba? Mm, just so right. they get preoccupied without even realizing, is this, does this reinforce learning? Right. 
just feed them whatever needs to be fed in their in their senses. So mm-hmm. can you can you give us please your top three learnings in terms of providing play-based learning or the environment that would reinforce learning for children or for toddlers? Okay, sure. So um, first off, okay, we have to remember that the love for play doesn't just happen. Like the love for reading, like study habits, they don't just happen. We have to initiate it. So in short, we really have to initiate and model playing. As in model, we're going to be right there um, playing with them, whatever toys available. Here, it's very important that we are observant, and if possible, we allow ourselves to learn more about our child's development, because only then can we support and nurture safe play. I'm not asking uh, all, you, all of you moms to memorize what happens at this phase, but you know, uh, it's very important so you don't give a very, very small toy to a, you know, a year-old baby because that phase, they get to, they tend to put things in their mouth. Basic, yeah, basic information on child's development can help us, and I promise you, can help us nurture and support uh, safe play. So again, um, Playing needs us to be involved with our kids. Okay, and the next one. So I have a question with that. That's very interesting because you mean to say that we have to be the ones really immersed in the playing part before they actually learn something. They, They get the hang of things, right? Right. So is that does that mean that we should be the ones? How how does the choosing of the toy happen like um how should i how would i know if this is the right toy for my child if this reinforces learning Mm -hmm. so first you have to believe that every every toy actually reinforces learning it's up to us how we use them and how how we how we spend time time enough for Mm -hmm. the kid for the child to discover that toy so normally you go inside the the toy kingdom or the toy store, right? And there are so there are millions of toys there. First, we want the child to be able to point out the toy or toys that he or she likes. That's a good cue. But when you listen to that cue, you make sure now. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of instructions there that says this toy is good for three, two to four years old or yeah. only four mm-hmm. years old. Um, one important tip there is if the toy has parts that are smaller than, you know, things that can fit inside the tissue core or the tissue roll, you have to, you have to really be there while the child is playing. Otherwise it's going to be, yeah, it's a choking hazard. That's a good reminder. No, let's just repeat that for all the moms listening. So if a a toy, all right. If something fits in the um, tissue core, yeah, mm-hmm. the tissue core, then it you shouldn't be buying that yet. Right. And we um, just a little uh, information about child development. Development does not happen in a linear way. It doesn't mean that your child is going to be progressing, progressing, and then uh, just continuous 
continuously progressing, the child can go back to, let's say, to the mouthing phase. Um, after si uh, maybe six to nine months, your child will uh, put in the fist, the feet, and every little thing, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to expect that to be done by maybe three years old or four years old. No, development is not linear. They can go back. They can... Um, they can go back to that phase also. Oh, that's why you see some babies they skip the what do you call it the crawling phase. They go straight to the standing up phase and the walking. Mm -hmm. While some babies observe the developmental milestones um, religiously, right. some babies don't, mm -hmm. and then they can go back. Yeah, yeah For example, you by let's say one year and six months, your child already has an established sleeping pattern and then two years and some months wakes up two three times at night it happens like that so it's really not something like okay so it's all good now and then you expect it to be just yeah. that for the next mm -hmm. couple of months it, it's not like that it's not consistent not consistent not consistently happening so the key here is for you to keep um, to tell your caregivers if you're not there to watch out um, for choking hazards for things that you know children can put in their mouth not even in just in their mouth in the nose or whatever um, parts in their body that they can put up just because my son last year two years old I thought he was done with it he told me he put a screw inside his nose Ah. Actually, battery, oh, but it was no. a small <laughs> thing so, that I was Sinabi niya yung sayo after the fact. Yes. And um, happily, he said, Mama, there's a battery in my nose. Oh, wow. My battery? What? Where did you even find that but battery? But it's out of the nose already when he told you about that. Nope, he was still up there. Oh, my God. Yeah, thank God he was not even inhaling. I know. Removing. I said, you have to sneeze. Sneeze. Like that. So, yeah, it, it went out. But I had the same experience too. I thought that buying Una a set of colors, the Crayola, mm -hmm. um, the thin ones, those ah. are being used by kindergartners or mm. element, element. Schoolers, yeah. Yeah. I bought her that and there was a time that she tried to put that inside her nose and I was like, oh, and then I realized, <laughs> kaya pala may mga crayons na malalaki. Yes, correct. So you'll yes. see, usually in the market, there are uh, variations. So when you're going to set out and buy toys and decide which toys are good, you, if you want to be safe, you choose the big, the brightly colored ones and the big ones, the toys with the big parts. So, ang galing, no? so tip number one is that you have to really, you have to align the toys that you're providing them according to their developmental age. Yes, if you're not sure, if you're not sure, always, always ask or always check um, online. Or your pedia. And, yes, or yeah, especially your pedia. Uh, they can tell you a lot of uh, what to avoid, what to, you know, to go with. Oh, oh right. So when your son or your, your, your daughter's about to turn a year old and you're going to do a, a gift registry, 
<laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Make sure that the gifts that you have there on the list are all appropriate for one-year-olds, diba? Mm-hmm. Or better yet, you can even ask your pedia if they can provide you with a printout of the developmental milestones. So then you can keep track by what age are you going to buy that walker if you ever want to buy that walker or mm-hmm. the pull or push toy. Right. Things like so you mentioned about the walk, the walker. I think it has in a lot of the online groups that I've encountered. Walker is such a, is such a hot topic because a lot yeah. of a lot of moms, yeah, would say no need for that. A lot of moms would say it's okay to do it. But what's your, as a parent or as a mom yourself, about um, the walker? What's your take on that? Yeah. Okay, about the walker. Uh, for me, because I got I got that. And my son only used that for a month, even maybe just a few weeks. Okay, we want that walker to be able to aid the 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 child in walking or the toddler in walking. But you can actually do without that. Mm-hmm. And some of the debates say uh, the debate they say that even going to you know medically and physically um, impede the the proper growth of the 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 movement or the proper growth of the hips and the legs and things like that. Sure, if, you have to control. Yeah, you control. use it continuously. Yes, because you don't rely on that. Um, the basic bottom line or universal rule is you don't rely on a toy or any other aid to make you do something that development will do for you. Oh, that's a that's a good point. You don't rely on any material yeah. item or any ma- mm-hmm. piece of toy or anything else for your kids' development. That's good, right? Because a lot of parents, example, a lot of parents will buy this book with a talking pen, where the talking pen hits something, and the talking pen will say a word in English. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, a lot of parents believe that when uh, if they buy that their children will be able to, you know, learn English really, really well. become verbal or... Yeah, yeah, verbally, uh, yeah. So you don't rely on that because actually the the learning is in your hands, the parents' hands in the child. Learning comes when you really immerse yourself in the process of doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. That's very good tip. So what's the next step that we have for them? Okay, tip number two. Um, play is the best way children learn so you have to create an environment where you don't keep saying no don't touch that stay here only you have to keep them safe Um, here um, I would recommend uh, what do you call that the fence the play fence Mm -hmm. make it baby proof for them yeah baby proof that space have a space your house is small have a really really tiny space where the children can explore because really they need to they need to that's how they learn mm-hmm. so mm. baby proofing is something that they need to be doing as early as how how old how old okay um again we go back to the de- uh, child development by one year as some again some kids develop late there's some children uh, manifest these milestones at a later time or an earlier time. So by one year old, your children will, your child will already start pulling herself or himself up. Now imagine this, if your child is crawling, crawling and sees something, let's say, 
mm, maybe this is a sturdy cabinet and starts pulling himself up and propping oh, himself yeah. in the cabinet and that cabinet falls down. We don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Or let's say, wow, there's this really nice um, tablecloth and very long, if I look, if the baby looks up from down, it's going to be very tall and the baby will think it's safe to pull herself up there. Mm-hmm. I have heard, a, I have heard, um, we were attending this first aid class in Bangkok and there's one baby who pulled herself up on that using a tablecloth and there was a hot kettle there and oh. you know oh, they, no. uh, really 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 uh terrible so here it's really important for us to know um the developmental milestones and what phase especially when children are starting running they will not have fully developed balance they run and run and hit things. They hit their body parts wherever. So please, baby-proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important to baby-proof. I cannot emphasize it enough. It's yeah. so important. Especially when they start to go around and discover yeah. things on their own. Like yeah, as simple as um, putting on covers Mm-hmm. The socket area. Socket areas, fans, really, really yeah. curious objects, the fans, moving wheels, yeah. all those things are very, very important to have that safe place where they can explore. So tip number two is about creating a learning conducive area or environment right. for them. But what's your tip, for example, like, um, it's it's common here in the Philippines that we have spaces that are very limited. So what's your mm-hmm. what's your tip for families who have limited spaces? For example, like our own, it's it's a very limited space for us. So we just mm-hmm. we, we just make do with whatever we have in terms of space and creating a safe environment. Like we put put mats on, mm-hmm. yeah, have a chance to put a fence. Because mm-hmm. if you put a fence to wet pa, mas lalong lilit yung space, right? Right. So, Understandable. Yes, us too. So, if you cannot uh, create that space, uh, limiting space, you you will really need to have somebody watch your child. Even if I say 24 hours, yes, you really have somebody to, to guard your child, especially in the early ages. Early stages where they can really just get things on their own, put it in the in body parts, and even go around, pull things. So very important to have somebody at all times with them. Okay, that's well noted. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the, tip number one is really immerse yourself in the learning process. Mm-hmm. And tip number two is to create a safe space for them in terms of learning. And then we go now to tip number three. Okay, tip number three, I will only emphasize what I said in tip number one, that play is so, so important because right now we are raising 21st century ready children. A 21st century ready child is a critical thinker, a collaborator, a communicator, and I mean a creator all in one. And these children, we have to be able to lead them to be, you know, these kinds of adults because this is what society needs of them and this is what life challenges are all about. So whatever, whatever you let your child 
experience during play and whatever disposition the children learn and keep during play is the same disposition they will apply towards learning and towards anything and everything in life. That's why I'm telling um, parents during my, my talks, you have to spend time. And I know, but that time that I'm asking you to spend is, let's say, when you, when you open the door, you just you know, lean in and tickle, 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 or you know, do something with a child. Because then you are nurturing that love for learning and love for playing. I know that sometimes you feel like, is there really learning happening when you observe your child? They're just connecting the blocks. They're just bouncing the ball, throwing things, and then getting it again and throwing it again and getting it again. But that, those actual moments, they are learning a lot, trust me. And, you know, it, you cannot really tell what learning they get from that because they cannot talk yet. They cannot tell you, oh, I'm learning about the ball. I'm learning that it's, I'm learning that it can bounce. I'm learning that I can throw with. They cannot say to you those things, but they are actually learning. And when they get to the point where they can actually talk and, you know, learn better, and when, when they learn how to keep that happy disposition, then all is good. You're good to go. You're safe. And you're, you're going to say that you've raised a 21st century ready child. That's a very good point. So it's, it's short of saying that it's really making the play a good and memorable experience for them. Yes. Play is the foundation. In short, play is the foundation for everything. And something that would encourage them even more to try things out on their own, like explore, mm. explore further. Yeah, mm -hmm. so playing naman talaga doesn't really have to be expensive, diba? No, no, no. It ha doesn't have to be. It. I mean, playing is not all about toys per se. Right. Playing is not about buying the toys. Playing is not about toys. Correct. Right, because I noticed that with my little girl. She likes to play. She can she can create something out of what we have. Like if we have um, an egg beater or <laughs> um, a wooden spatula or anything and everything that she sees around, she can she can make use of it. And you know their creativity comes out when they're playing. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and I think for the most part, the toys that we give them. At some point, um, those toys would just be left lying around, and mm. she would she would be attracted even more to the simple yeah. toys, diba? Like bola or what? If you if you hand them over like calamansi or tomato, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, So that's yeah. a good play for them. That's play. That is play. Very raw play. That's it. Very pure and raw. And imagine if, if a parent will say, stop it, put it back, don't touch that, things like that. Mm -hmm. Versus a parent who will say, hey, look at this. This is funny. This is silly. Let's make silly faces. Let's put the calamansi on our head and, and bounce it, let's say. See, you are already perpetuating and supporting play with a latter, uh, latter kind of parent instead right. of just saying, put it back, don't mm -hmm. touch that. And you're trying to limit them with 
every step of the way, like, oh, be careful, don't touch that part. Well, unless it's really um, safety hazard, right? Okay, so if you are to tell us about um, types of play-based learning that we can make use at home, if you have about two or one or two um, play-based activities that we could make use at home without Mm-hmm. on the toys. What was ah, okay. Okay, I love kitchen items. I love, you know, the bowls or the, what do you call the strainer. I love the pots. You can actually um, get a wooden spoon and tap on those to learn about the beat, the rhythm. So while, let's say you're playing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So you're going to tap head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I, um... You know, as early as even nine months, babies can already do the rhythm. It's exactly. it's amazing. Yeah, amazing, amazing things. And of course, the second one is um, very, very crucial because a lot of us have distractions these days. So not to forget the physical, physical kind of play wherein, you know, as simple as rolling, let's say you're going to um, crumple up uh, recycle paper and then put masking tape and create a ball and then you roll it across the floor that will help with a with a visual tracking for the child for the really young um, baby right, so, so all those things mm-hmm. sky's the limit talaga, no? with all the creativeness yes. that you can come out of like anything that in everything that you see it, it can be mm-hmm. A play-based learning activity for you, for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know? even, mm-hmm. even something like um, go to the garden and yeah. Um, yeah. pick um, a leaf and then um, teach them what color this is and how yeah. to plant. Take them on the paper. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, oh. yeah. So those things yeah. doesn't have to be too expensive talaga. But of course, mm-hmm, no. we understand that there are really toys that reinforce learning, and we don't yeah, we are. don't discourage moms from buying it or giving it out as gifts to their friends and families who have babies and toddlers. Yeah. Right. Right. And then if you're going to buy, you know, those expensive before buying uh, expensive toys for your family, make sure you know the goal. I mean, you know, you just know the goal. Otherwise, if you don't have any limit to your spending, then you go ahead and buy it. Yeah, and honestly, if you're if you're if you're a mom or someone who just gives out toys randomly without even identifying the purpose for it, the toys mm-hmm. will just end up in the boxes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they'll just rot in there, or you know, they just stay stay in the yes. box for a long time. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. I just have to ask this. What's your take on rotation in terms of giving out toys? Like this set of toys for today and then another set of toys the next day? Uh, actually, not that, uh, not that close. Um, I, will, I usually uh, rotate two weeks at a time. It's very important for them to see because um, they get to be bored. It's... it's uh, instinct i mean it's it's natural that they get to be so used to one toy and then mm-hmm. uh, you know one uh, like feel like it's the same thing all over again but when you rotate it's really good that 
uh, they get to discover new ways of playing with the toy. Let's say stacking cups. I've bought that stacking cups, like eight of them with different colors and even numbers. And my son does not even touch them anymore <laughs> by the third day. So I will keep those cups and then the next two weeks I will take them out again and then hide, you know, a pebble inside and have my son. Yeah. Um, uh, so, or pretend that they're hats or pretend that they're cooking pots, things like that. So you get to discover different ways and your, your son and your daughter can discover also with how you. you can reinvent a toy so yeah, that <laughs> so that it becomes Fresh another ice. exciting yeah toy for them <laughs> when they wake up so yeah. what i do when she wakes up when when she wakes up or while she's sleeping i prepare all the toys that i want her to indulge herself <laughs> with so that when mm -hmm. she wakes up and get outside of the room gets out mm -hmm. gets out of the room she would see immediately Wow, mm -hmm. these are the toys that I have in front of me. And that's the only toy that I have for you for the rest of the day or for, perhaps oh, for the next wow. week. Yeah, so that's <laughs> how I do it so that she won't have to, I won't have to um, bring all the toys out every single day and yes, then yes. pick them up again and pack away, you know, those that oh. kind of rhythm. So, yeah. I know, I feel you. I don't like yeah, they're gonna turn over all the boxes and put all the toys oh, out. But so messy. Yes, but okay, they're learning. So yeah, yeah. all right, Go okay. So yeah, so the third tip again is in connection with the first tip, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that okay. is to really immerse yourself in the learning process. Be involved. Be intentional mm -hmm. about it. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct, correct. Okay. All right. So we'll now move on to your amazing learning. This is the part where our guests would give out their top or number one amazing learning. We call it amazing learning because it's um, a learning that you have as a mom. And so my right. question for you is, what is your number one amazing learning as a mother yourself to your three-year-old toddler boy? Nothing, wow. it doesn't okay. have to be related with play-based learning, but just yeah. plainly about your whole motherhood experience. Oh my, okay. I'll try not to cry. <laughs> okay, no. Um, seriously, so I learned to be more... Uh, there's no right word, but I think I learned to be more responsive, more... Um, I didn't realize that there's a bigger and greater love because I already love kids. I, I've been working with really young kids all my life, most of my life. And I didn't realize that there's a bigger and greater one that you can possibly have. As a mother. For, yeah, for your own, for your own child. So my, my learning is I learned to be, it made me become a better teacher, a better person. Um, I'm more, uh, on the lookout for cues to be more responsive to my child yeah so there i learned a lot and that's my highlight you know be more responsive i learned to be more emotionally responsive so you being a teacher or an educator yourself is even more what is even more you become more effective you, you become more, yeah, more effective yeah. more meaningful mm -hmm. because you now have a boy that you raise up Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. 
Yeah. How motherhood turns things around. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yes. That's it. <laughs> okay. So, where and how can people find you if they are interested to know more about what you do, what you're right, or um, how can they get in touch with you in terms of providing them the parent-teacher consultancy services that you mentioned about earlier? Okay, so they can send me a message through Facebook or visit my website, which is www.presentparentingsolutions.com. Very long. But they can send me um, any email or any message through there. I'll be moving to Bangkok this June, so I won't be able to do consultations or um, invitational speaking opportunities. But I'll be happy to do online consultation. The, yeah, online. Yeah. So yeah, perhaps another round of a podcast episode for us since we're moving moving to Bangkok this June. Sure, I would love that. Okay, so they can get in touch with you via email, mm-hmm. and your Facebook account is your Facebook page is Present Parenting Solutions or Etamely. Okay, they can go straight to your personal account. Right. Okay, so web website and your Facebook page or your personal Facebook account. Correct, yeah. So, Lee, if you have any final words or final anything that you want to say before we end the podcast episode, if you have any mm-hmm. final words that you have for our fellow moms who are raising toddlers, raising babies, raising children, in terms of parenting and whatnot, what is that one final word that you want to give them? Okay, if ever you feel that you're not enough or you're worried that you might not be able to provide the best opportunities, trust me, mom, you are who your child needs. Only, only ever you. So just trust in yourself and you're doing an amazing job. Don't you are doubt. enough. Yes. 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 Wala ka nang ibang kailangan going. You are Wala. enough. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Lee, for joining us today on the show. Okay. We have. We hope to have you again in the future. Okay. And that was our podcast episode with Lee. That was very insightful and. Actually, for me, as a, as a mom to a toddler myself, that was a lot of learnings in just 30 minutes and so. So thank you again, Lee, for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kay. You can find Lee and the Present Parenting Solutions platform by uh, their website or their Facebook page. And we cannot wait, wait to share with you more of the podcast episodes that we have in line with you we are cooking a lot of episodes really valuable and practical topics that we would all be learning from so you can actually just stay tuned and if you haven't subscribed yet you can check us out on itunes or you can um, join our mailing list over our website at bamacademyph.com to get updates about our new episodes. So that's about that's just about it for today's episode. Have an amazing learning, moms, and bye for now. God bless you.